It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Jones! Bowden! He's got it! England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins! Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four and England have won the match. Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. This podcast is brought to you by IG Trading and Investments and we're in Mumbai together, Simon and I. Nice to see you, Yoz. I haven't seen you properly for ages. And Look, I am. I'm still the same. Yeah, we're in the sunny Gavaskar. The room as well, yeah, appropriate, overlooking the well, the ground staff. They're watering the ground here. They're doing their thing. It's just past nine o'clock in England. About you know, forty minutes, forty-five minutes ago, absolutely thrashed in a vital World Cup match. I mean, pick the bones out of that. Well, it was a shellacking, and the way Josh Butler is walking back from the press box and the press uh, conference after the game says it all. Really, sort of hunched shoulders, plodding along in a rather desultory way going all the way around uh, the men watering the pitch, uh, going past the pitch which he decided to field first on and most of us were, were surprised at that. Not so much because of the, uh, the conditions, the, the conditions of the pitch. I mean the pitch probably played the same pretty much throughout the game but because of the, the humidity and the heat out there. I mean I was out there for half an hour before play and I was sweating, you know, it was, I was absolutely drenched. Mm-hmm. And I, don't, I think they've got to take that kind of stuff into consideration. We had several players going down with cramp. Obviously, a couple of uh, players got, got hit as well. Uh, only one of them had to go off, but Reese Topley really, probably it did affect his bottom. I mean, he, he'd actually bowled well in the first, his first three overs, but then he fielded a drive out which trimmed his uh, fingers and obviously bashed one of his fingers quite badly. His next two balls went for four, and he then went off the field. And it all went, it pretty much, it all went pear-shaped from then. Well, I, I thought it went wrong for England before the game started. And then, you know, even before they actually walked out to play, Adil Rashid was off the field because he was inconvenienced. He had some sort of stomach upset. So Liam Livingston was on the field. A guy who wasn't even selected in the 11 was on the field for the first ball of the match. I just thought that England's decision to bat second was just, I mean, just ridiculous. 
you, 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 it's so hot, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's tough in the afternoon heat here. It's a pressure game, so the most pressure comes on the chase. So bat first. Okay, so they're a good side. I mean, they played really well. Let's, I mean, let's not take anything away from them. They batted well. They've got a good batting lineup, and they've got a decent bowling lineup, lineup as well. So just take the pressure off yourself. Bat first. See where it takes you. Try to get a score on the board, and try, you know, try to do what South Africa did to England, basically. But. You know, and, and what we saw was, I mean, it was extraordinary, wasn't it? It was like watching, towards the end of the innings, it was like watching, you know, a, a heavyweight boxing, uh, an old-style heavyweight boxing uh, match where, you know, they'd been not just or, 10 rounds, but about 25 rounds. You know, some of the players could barely stand up. David Willey could, could barely stand up. Uh, Klassen was struggling, wasn't he, towards the end of his thing. It was so sapping out there. Um, I thought it was a bit strange in a way, because I don't think the conditions seemed any worse than lots of others I've seen in India. But for whatever reason today, it was just so difficult for the players. Yeah, I, I think that uh, they don't often play. And this is very much a sort of early part of the cricket season in Mumbai. I was actually down at the uh, Azad Madan, the famous sort of opal, open area where they play about kind of eight or nine games all at once. And it's where uh, the young Indian batsman, Yashasvi Jaiswal, was in, in, living in the grounds, was hut when he was 14. And it's an amazing spot where there's lots of games going on all at the same time. They all play on this red dirt, but they don't play much in the middle of the day, interestingly. They start at sort of 7, 38 o'clock, and they then play until 11, 12, and then they have a bit of a break. And then there's another match sort of starts at three when it's a bit cooler. And that says a lot, doesn't it? Uh, this time of year, it's really hot and intense humidity as well. Uh, normally when England tour India, it's after Christmas, isn't it? It's January, February time when it's dry heat mm. and it's it's hot, but it's not yeah. as uh, enervating. But I mean, it, here it is really tough, actually. And I think I think this these conditions, especially when you also factor in the pollution, uh, the pollution in Mumbai today was worse than in Delhi, and that's saying something because Delhi's terrible. It's a bit like, and it, I, I must admit, it doesn't feel like this when you're out here, but it's a bit like smoking a packet and a half of cigarettes, I'm told, if you spend a day or two in this sort of uh, environment, pollution, polluted environment. So the combination of all those things is, is actually tough to deal with. Yeah, which is not to make any excuses for England's performance. No, but it, but it, what same it says, both sides. Exactly, but what it says is just try to you know, bat first and take some of the pressure off you. You know, don't, don't bat in, don't, sorry, you know, don't feel in really sapping conditions. And... I, I, I was really surprised actually when, when Josh Butler won the toss and said, "Yeah, we, we're going to field first. I think you're just putting more pressure on yourself, and it, yeah. okay, it's not necessarily the reason England lost, but give yourself a better chance. I think that's, that's the point. Yeah. And it, you know, everything that sort of could go wrong or sort of did go wrong. Thing. You, you mentioned Topper's injury. There was Adi, Adi or Rashid. I suppose the one thing that did go in their favour was getting Quinton to cock out." Early ball, yeah. so, and South Africa had a problem of their own, of course. Attempt, you know, Bavuma yeah. was out just before the toss. That was confirmed. So Reza Hendricks came in, but what would you know? He played one of the innings of his life. It's, it's typical, isn't it? You know, he he, was, he didn't know he was playing. Came out, played really well, made 85, and you know, a really big game. Yeah. Well, analysing England's support performance, I mean, uh, David Willey came in for, for Chris Wokes and opened the bowl. And actually, his first couple of overs, two or three overs, were quite tidy. Uh, he, he brought a, a level of accuracy and and, and sort of consistency which Wokes had lacked actually in early overs in previous matches. Uh, I, I, Reese Topley I thought bowled well until he went off. Mark Wood was smacked everywhere. His, his bowling today wasn't bad 
but he just came onto the bat beautifully and was struck magnificently by Hendrix and, and later by Clarsen, by uh, Van der Dusen as well. I mean, they all just tucked into him. It was your point though, Yoz. You made it before. You know, how many slower balls were there? Just, you know, just, you know, mixing it up a bit. Yeah. I mean, in fact, he did bowl one slower ball and got it, it got slapped for six <laughs> back over his head. But the thing is, I don't think he is very good at bowling slower balls. I had a chat with David Saker before. Uh, before, uh, well, during the net session, the day before the game, actually, the England bowling coach, Australian, and uh, I, I said, come on, what, where, where do you think England have gone wrong? He said, we don't bowl enough test match length for the first 40 overs of the game. He said, you bowl test match length consistently, i.e. good length, hitting the top of off stump, straight, in other words, no width as well, uh, 0-40 to 40 overs, and you're going to be likely to, to, to be more successful than if you mix it up, bowl full and short and lots of slower balls. We bowl too many slower balls and we bowl too wide. And so that's partly why they played Willie, to bowl straight and topply to a lesser extent. I think, that, I mean, I, I analysed England's bowling uh, deliveries and there was something like... 40% short and 20% full and only about 25% in a, on a good length and the ones on a good length only went for four and over and the ones that were short and full went for about nine and over so uh, th there was evidence there and interestingly when South Africa bowled their first four wickets of England were all off a good length good length deliveries so England still are not disciplined enough and you know you said right at the start before the tournament even started I worry about England's bowling mm. it's just not consistent enough mm. Gus Atkinson playing you know only his what fourth or fifth game very inexperienced didn't actually do too badly uh, but there's just not enough craft and discipline and probably clever variety in England's bowling attack in England's seam bowling attack they just get assaulted and if it wasn't for Rashid they might have got 500. So <laughs> well, they, they nearly got 400. That would have been the first time that England ever conceded 400 in a one-day international. It was actually the highest score against England in a one-day. I mean, in a game that they, you know, you feel they had to win, they they went for their highest ever one-day score, and it was it was a really chastening, humiliating day, really. And Josh Butler actually, in his post-match interview with Mike Atherton, you know, he was asked about the decision uh, to bat second, and, and he's. He said, "Yeah, potentially. You know, it was the, it was the wrong decision. I think you know the the brutality of being out there in the field might have brought that home to him. So I mean, such a such a difficult day uh, for England. Where does this sort of leave their campaign? Well, another thing, Josh Butler said is, you know, we, no no more mistakes. We can't make any more mistakes now. We've probably got to win every game. Um, they've lost three out of four so far, and it's, it's, it's also the manner, I think, of their defeats as well, isn't it? I mean, thrashed by New Zealand, annihilated by South Africa, comprehensively beaten uh, by Afghanistan. Big, three big defeats, yeah. losing by Afghanistan, to Afghanistan by a, a significant margin as well. I think it leaves their World Cup in, campaign in tatters. Mm. It, it really does. It's, I can't see any way back. They're going to lose to either India or Australia or both, and that's it. That's going to be it. Uh, <laughs> And there doesn't seem to be any signs of improvement, really. I mean, even Bairstow's batting seems a bit of a shadow of what it was. He's had a couple of failures, at 130, I think, and two or three failures. And he just looked, the manner of his dismissals, he just looked like he's a man on a mission. He's like, I'm just going to smash it every ball. And you don't get away with that against good bowlers. South Africa, good bowling attack. You know, Rabada, quick, Bungidi, awkward. Obviously, Jansen with that height as well. Kutsia today, who learned from bowling, trying to swing it early on, got smacked over 
long off for six and hold cross seam, got three quick wickets. They're just, I think they're just better bowlers mm. than, than England. I mean, you know, Mark Wood is a wonderful, uh, you know, tenacious, fast bowler who, when there's something in the pitch, will be very valuable. But on a flat pitch like this, and what an outfield as well, it was just like glass. I mean, it was made for making big runs and South Africa absolutely exploited it. Yeah. I can't see England qualifying for the semi-finals. I think they're, they're, they're just not quite good enough, basically. And I, it's that bowling I've talked about. I mean, I know the, you know the batting didn't succeed today, but when you're facing the pressure of the 400 runs, I mean, it's, it's always that game, isn't it? Batters versus the bowlers, you know, who's to blame? But I just don't think there's enough security in the bowling to sort of give enough confidence to the batting. Do you, do you know what I mean by that? Mm. And so they've got David Willey coming in at seven yeah. in this game. I mean, I thought they got it all to- horribly wrong, really. I, obviously, Ben Stokes coming in at number four, you feel strengthens the batting. Today he failed, but then by leaving out the likes of Wokes and Livingston, you've then got Willie coming in at seven. So, you know, it, it does leave England looking pretty a pretty fragile team. We're now going to take a closer look at how South Africa made more of the moments that mattered in today's game in a segment brought to you by IG. There's escape and air going on in the background, which you can you can probably hear, and that was almost like uh, the way England's bowlers were deflated after the assault by Heinrich Klaassen. Uh, he, he actually was quite fluent in the early part of his innings, but it, it suddenly he just decided to go on the offensive, and he's so powerful, isn't he? I, I think I've described him as like Popeye with a bat before. I mean. It, it, it's, it's actually fearsome. In fact, I was watching some of his um, replay shots on a screen in front of me in the TV commentary box. I was carrying behind a chair, kind of watching the power of, of the man. He, he's just he's sort of murderous, brutal, the way he assaults the bowlers. And actually, it must be quite scary bowling to him at times, because there was one, he flat batted back past Topley when he come back on the field and he almost had to duck to get out of the way. We should just say the noise you can hear is the ground staff soaking the ground at our end of the ground at long on and long off. They got their big hoses out. That's the noise in the background. I, I saw him in the IPL and I thought this is a you know okay he, he's playing for Sunrisers Hyderabad. They didn't do particularly well, but he was one player that really caught the eye in the IPL for me. He looked dangerous. Of course, he scored that magnificent hundred against Australia. Uh, recently, and I, I, I was talking the back of the box to Jonathan and Stephen Finn. I said, you know, if he bats for the, you know the, most of the last ten or fifteen overs, South Africa are, are going to bat England out of the game, and, that, and of course that's what he did. I don't think England were particularly happy that he was sort of taking so long between each ball. So I think that was a, a huge problem. You know, England got that that rattling because basically he would recover for about a minute, and then he would poof the next one out of the ground. So you know, I don't think England were that happy, but it was a magnificent innings. And he's, a, you know, he's a wonderful striker of the ball. He's not a sort of classical sort of player, classic sort of player, is he? He's there's a topic something about agriculture about him, but he's he's got some strong forearms and he muscles the ball away. So this segment was brought to you by IG, and if you'd like to make more of opportunities to invest yourself, IG gives you access to thousands of global shares as well as a range of educational guides and daily market analysis. Go to ig.com/investments to find out more. And remember, when investing, your capital is at risk. Okay, well, some reflections on the game from the former South African fast bowler Sean Pollock after the break.
Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So Sean Pollock looked very happy uh, at the end of that match and with good reason. Yeah, I mean, you've got to be happy with that, don't you? I mean, particularly after the Netherlands game. I think the key to the Netherlands thing is that it happened early in the tournament, whereas in the past it's kind of happened at the back end and there's been no chance to recover. So I actually flew with them and you could see that they were hurting, but they were quite determined to, to get it right. And, I mean, this was going to be the real litmus test as to how they could bounce back. So to do it in this fashion, considering that that game didn't always go according to plan, you know, there was that initial period where they didn't get off to a great start and then also it looked like they could lose the way at the back end. But to put 100, 143 runs in those last 10 overs was just uh, was a bit mind It was withering, actually, the yeah. power with which they administered the blows, wasn't it? Yeah, I suppose it's the manner and also the atmosphere, the conditions, that when you're having to deal with that as a side, it's hard to bounce back. If it's a cool day and the surface is good and whatever it may be, but you just felt that England, after having to go through all of that with the heat, everyone cramping, that mentally it was going to be a big task and then those early wickets kind of just put fate. Would you have um, fielded first? I mean, real, really, when you saw it? Yeah, I don't want to become as one of those guys who goes, oh, well, why did they do that in hindsight? But I know that when we played, when there was days where it was humidity and it's going to be sapping and it's going to be difficult, why would you want to have all 11 fielders out there having to deal with those harsh conditions when you can just do it two at a time with a batter? So there was often times where we played in the subcontinent, particularly in places like Sri Lanka, where when the toss whatever the conditions look like, we're going to bat first because just, you know, the damage that the humidity and the heat can do. Um, I, I was just uh, astounded, really, by the consistency. I mean, in a way, there's a similarity between the South African cricket team and the South African rugby team now because there, there's this sort of innate power and strength which seems to uh, you know, permeate all their sport, actually. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you look at it, so from a rugby perspective, there's this big belief in what the, the forwards can do and how they can break teams down. I think that South African side believes that, the, you know, the top six could be their bomb squad, uh, as they call it in the rugby, because they keep producing, they've got the firepower to damage teams. I mean, we look and go, oh, it would be nice to have the luxury of someone at eight and nine who can play a bit of a part. Uh, you've got Janssen and then you're kind of not knowing what's going to come after that. But this top six are taking their responsibility and delivery. Um, and there was another case today where, with maybe 13 so overs to go, Miller gets out. You think, oh gosh, if we lose two wickets here, we might not even post 330. Um, and they got a lot more than that. So 
there is that belief, particularly in the batting department. And I'm, I'm excited about what I see from the bowling. It looks like it's coming on. They're getting more confidence. They've got a bit of a belief. They're trying to pick up wickets when they bowl rather than just trying to complete six deliveries. Well, tell me a bit about Clarkson. Late developer, perhaps? I mean, he's someone who's been on the radar a little bit, but this last few months, he seems to have stepped up. Yeah, I think he's been in and around. He was often on the fringes of squads. Uh, you had guys who were pretty established and would play. Uh, but I think the key is almost maybe showed himself uh, the capabilities in domestic T20 leagues and his ability to play spin. Um, and I think there was one tour in particular that came here to India where he almost announced himself. Um, and with the World Cup happening here, people took notice of the way he played that spin. And since then, he's just gone from strength to strength. Um, he's always had the hitting ability, but the consistency wasn't quite there. And I think his confidence has just gone through the roof. I think that's been the key for him. Um, the way he's played as of late has actually just been remarkable. He just needs to get fitter now, doesn't he? <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose we could say that uh, with having to deal he with... He didn't feel the whole, us, us whole gin- session. Ginger's battle with the heat, you know. <laughs> and just quickly, rugby, um, can you... I mean, this will go out by the time we know the rugby result, but I suppose you must think it's going to be too, too, uh, too zip to you guys. Well, in all honesty, I mean, if you had to had to bet on one as a South African at the start of the day, you, you probably would have been more inclined to go down the rugby route. So the team's playing well, unbelievable quarter-final against France. And you just wonder if that's taken too much out of them or they can bounce back and produce another one. But, yeah, I'm quietly confident. But, uh, yeah, you never want to touch the money. But uh, I believe they should come out on top. Good luck on the road. Thank you. <laughs> so a rather sad sight, England plodding home to their hotel just down the road from the great Wankhede Stadium. Lots of people leaving early, actually, so they could see the writing on the wall well before the end of the game. And England, of course, now have lost three out of four. There's a big sign-up at Wankhede. It says, it takes one day. Uh, And obviously, England are now going to have to win every game to get somewhere near the semi-final spot. It's a tall order, especially as they still have to play India and Australia. So Simon and I are disappearing off to different parts of the country again. We'll be maybe back together by Calcutta at the end of the week. But in the meantime, we'll be back to cover the next exploits of England in this competition. This episode was brought to you in association with IG Trading and Investments. If you're thinking about investing in stocks and shares with IG, please remember your capital is at risk. The value of investments can go up or down and you could get back less than you invest. So we'll see you in the week and don't forget my video blog on Instagram, Cricket Analyst One, and on Twitter, at The Analyst. Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.